With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Before the Box Score. I am your host, Nate Edwards. We are knee-deep in Tennessee week, and I am joined tonight by the editor-in-chief of Rocky Top Talk. That would be Terry Lambert. Welcome aboard, sir. Thanks for having me on. So we uh, we are diving into the volunteers this week. Uh, Tennessee is rising, Missouri is falling, so this will be a really interesting matchup as far as momentum goes. Uh, but before we get into the game, Terry, I have a question that I ask all of our SEC brethren. Um, Missouri's been in the SEC for eight years. I'm always super curious. What do you all think about the Tigers being being SEC now? You know, it, I, they've been better than expected. And and look, I'll be the first to say they got uh, pretty fortunate, you know, to come in when they did. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Florida was down. Uh, Georgia wasn't what they are now. Tennessee, Lord. Uh, they've been down for for a decade, um, uh, so they they came in at the right time. Obviously, capitalized. I don't think anyone saw them uh, doing what they did in the first few years uh, in the SEC. Uh, you know, A and M got all the attention, and the Missouri kind of captured all those SEC East crowns. So uh, better than expected. Um, you know, we're, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of uh, work out of this now that. Georgia, Florida seem to be rolling. Tennessee's kind of picking it up. So I'll be interested to see how the next three years go. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> we we certainly don't recruit like you guys do. It was a lot easier in the Big 12 to recruit at our level and still compete. 
Um, so it's been it's been an interesting slog for us as well. But uh, yeah, you know, I, one of the best things uh, about the Missouri Tennessee series is that we've had a lot of really memorable games. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter if both teams suck, if both teams are great, well, I guess that's never happened. But, uh, you know, it, it, all of our matchups have been super interesting, including two that actually got your coach at the time fired. Um, so I guess of all of the games, both good and bad from your standpoint, which Missouri-Tennessee matchup stands out the most to you? Well, I, I go back to 2012. Yeah. Because, you know, first of all, that Tennessee team – it wasn't any good, but it was one of my favorites because they were so dang exciting. They put up 600 yards every game mm-hmm. and lost about, you know, 50 to 40 every game. Uh, so, you know, you had Tyler Bray on that team. You had Justin Hunter, Cordero Patterson. Uh, really fun offense joined by maybe the worst defense in Tennessee history. <laughs> um, so uh, Dooley had, you know, one piece of the puzzle. He goes and hires South and Sari, who completely transforms the defense, and it's just terrible. It's a dumpster fire all year long. Um, I think Tennessee played a really similar game to Troy uh, the the week before, the week after, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little fuzzy, uh, but I, I think that Tennessee Missouri game ended in four overtimes. Mm-hmm. It was like fifty-one to forty-eight, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Missouri coming out on top, but uh, man, that whole year. Uh, I, I just remember it, it was a lot of fun to watch the offense, but man, that defense was cringeworthy. And then, you know, I always remember, you know, Butch Jones, his final game, uh, him in that gray sweatshirt <laughs> against Missouri and, you know, just getting boat raced and, and, and how far the program had fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was just, it was just a really bad time, really dark time. You know, Tennessee fans were wondering, you know, is this ever going to happen? How has this guy not fired yet? So that was kind of the, the, the final straw. So that was actually a good memory for Tennessee fans, but uh, no doubt it's been an interesting series so far. Um, and you know, this weekend I, I think we've got another uh, pretty fascinating matchup mm-hmm. on our hands. So I actually follow up question: When when did you come of age as a Tennessee fan? What what era of volunteer football was that? Um, let's see. I, I remember watching the '98 national championship game, and I remember my mom making me go to bed. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. So, yeah. So, um, probably 2004, 2005, you know, right at the end of, of really Fulmer's heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those were, there were some good years back through there. Uh, yeah, 2004, 2005 is probably when I started following it really, really closely. Because really, I mean, once Fuller was fired, that kind of brought on your, your dark age. Um, and this is going to go way back, especially for some of us, uh, Missouri people who maybe not follow you very well. He was fired in 08, if I remember correctly, yes. um, after his only his second losing season ever. Were, were you on board? Did you think the game had slipped him by, or did you think he deserved a couple other shots to, to redeem himself? Yeah, I thought it was time. And, you know, if Tennessee doesn't go and hire Lane Kiffin, maybe it's a different deal, but, you mm. know, you hire Lane Kiffin, you make the whole thing in hindsight look worse. And, and look, I, I think if, I think Lane was had Tennessee on the right track, uh, but you know I, I don't know that he would have lasted there because of the NCAA infractions that were coming mm, down on him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't think Lane was a great fit in Knoxville. I think he was a better fit out in LA, which is obviously where he bolted to after year one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think kind of the optics of Lane uh, and how he left made the Fulmer thing look better, but. 
know, people forget that, that Fulmer's last team lost to Wyoming <laughs> at home. So uh, it, it, it just seemed like it had come apart and it was time for a change. As a fan of a team who has lost to Wyoming, there's no shame in that, sir. <laughs> there's no shame. You know, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, of course, that Week one. Yeah, that Wyoming team uh, in 08 was a little bit different than this one from 19. Right, but yeah. Anyway, so you've so you've gone through a lot. Phil Fulmer, Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, our <clears throat> offensive oh, yeah. coordinator, uh, Butch Jones to Jeremy Pruitt. Um, now, Terry mentioned to me that he he became editor in chief of Rocky Top Talk during the coaching search, uh, of which was uh, uh, I think dumpster fire is one way of putting it. Um, but you ended up with Jeremy Pruitt. After 28 other people said no, and all of your mm. staff were fired. Um, are you happy with the Pruitt hire? Did it seem like more of a settling? Is it you kind of growing into him? And and a second follow-up would be, what changes has he made to the Tennessee program that have improved it? So it, kind of first of all, there was two different Tennessee searches in all that. Because uh, Tennessee fired their AD in the middle of that. <laughs> That's right. So, you know... It, it, it's easy to forget, but uh, the whole Greg Schiano thing, then they go knocking on Dave Doran's do- door at NC State. Um, they chased after Mike Gundy. Um, then they went to Mike Leach. Uh, and then when Curry's out there talking to Mike Leach, he gets called back and, and is fired. Ugh, so Philip Fulmer steps in as AD um, and, and leads a completely new search. So um, he's looking at an SEC guy. And he's looking at Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, he's looking at Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator at Auburn. Uh, he's looking at Mel Tucker, defensive coordinator at Georgia at the time. Uh, so of that group, Jeremy Pruitt was was my favorite. I think he was most people's favorite mm-hmm. um, just because of his recruiting background. And I think that's what he's brought. Um, you know, you look at, at Butch and what he did at Tennessee. He, he had some really empty classes and it's weird to say because he brought in some some really solid classes rankings wise but um you know a lot of those guys transferred out a lot of those guys were were busts you know Uh, a lot of those guys were undersized um and and maybe overrated by the recruiting system so jeremy has come in and really brought tennessee back to you know sec size wise uh you know in the trenches he's he's recruited guys that are 320 pounds on the offensive line as opposed to where Butch Jones would recruit 280 pound guys and guys that can move around a little more. Mm-hmm. So, and he's done that on the defensive line too. So that's where I think Jeremy has, has made his mark uh, really through two recruiting classes. That's only going to get better with time. Um, Craig Fitzgerald, the strength coach uh, has really come in and transformed this team. There was a lot of injuries um, when Butch was here started to become more of a uh, something more than a coincidence. You know, there was something going on wrong behind the scenes there. Uh, haven't seen that much since Jeremy's been here. So it, it's been a, a total transformation uh, recruiting-wise, roster-wise, and how this Tennessee team looks. So this this offseason, uh, you all get Jim Chaney back. And I know he's had a stint at Tennessee prior. I think Jim Chaney is – I was talking to the Georgia guys about this. I think Jim Chaney is one of the best offense coordinators out there. And um, obviously he was the architect of some of those dually offenses in, in 12. Uh, and he's come back and, and kind of, you know, trying to get your, get your offensive guys back and back in place here. So 
obviously being part of a regime that was not as successful, it was a little weird, but he's had a lot of success outside of Tennessee. What were your feelings on him uh, coming back to the volunteer coaching staff and what grade would you give him so far this year? Well, at the time, I thought he was a perfect fit for what Jeremy wanted. Um, not necessarily a perfect fit for what the fan base wanted. Uh, you know, you look at some of the names that were floated. Kendall Browse was floated, uh, reportedly interviewed. And, you know, you had some Hugh Freeze rumors there. Oh, I don't know wow. if that was ever going to be allowed to, to happen, yeah. but uh, there was definitely a lot of smoke there. So, you know, fans kind of got their hopes up for some spread uh, system. I, if you if you know Jeremy Pruitt, if you watched him talk at all, do you think that, that guy's running a spread offense? No, no, you know I don't. No, I, I don't at all. Uh, so I, I think Cheney comes in, uh, you know, I formation, mm-hmm. traditional stuff. You know, going to bring the fullback back, two tight end sets. Tennessee's going to line up, run the football. Are they equipped to do that right now? No, they're they're really not in this league. Uh, will they get there? That's the plan. Uh, you're starting to see signs of life, though. Uh, I, I thought it took him about a month to get settled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that was the quarterback situation. Uh, Jerry Garantano got off to a just horrendous start uh, and was actually benched, but has since come around. Uh, so I, I think the selling point with Cheney is you're seeing some development uh, in the quarterback room, which is a, a really big deal. Tennessee hasn't had a quarterback since Josh Dobbs. Uh, it, it's been a long time since they've gotten anything out of that spot. So, uh, it's not just Derek Arantano. You're seeing the true freshman, Brian Maurer, uh, come along. JT Shrout ha- has even seen some time. He's come along. Uh, you're starting to see the offensive line move some bodies up front. Not really consistently, but you're at least seeing it a little bit, uh, which is more than we can say for last year's group. So, um, you know, schematically, they're attacking down the field, which I think really plays into their personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Jawan Jennings, you've got Marquez Callaway that can really go down the field and go up and get the football. So uh, really excited to see that. I think they're going to have to do a lot of that on Saturday. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that they'll be able to run the football against Missouri, so I think they're going to have to throw it, really stretch the field. Um, so I, I'd give Jim, Jim Chaney about a B-plus right now. Oh, wow. um, nice. You know, only reason it's not an A is because of the slow start. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, losing to Georgia State, mm-hmm. uh, BYU is, is unacceptable, but you're seeing the improvement. So I think that's all Tennessee fans care about at this point. Sure. Proof of concept. And, you know, God, I, I can, as a Missouri fan over the past couple of years, there's something about winning in November and building that momentum towards next year that makes uh, all the gaffes of the, at the beginning of the year kind of worth it. <laughs> um, I do want to touch on those quarterbacks one more time. I mean, you got Garantano's a junior. Maurer and Shrout are freshmen. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have not watched every single down of Tennessee football like you have. Just kind of from the outside looking in, it seemed like uh, Maurer kind of brought in a, a, a jolt uh, that Garantano didn't. Uh, obviously, with an older quarterback versus a younger quarterback, you tend to skew old. Uh, but if it was completely up to you, uh, which quarterback gives you a better chance to win? So the deal is you're absolutely right about Brian Maurer. He came in. Um, Tennessee was dead in water at one and three and had a bye week. And they put Brian Maurer in and start him against Georgia, uh, kind of feed him to the wolves there. And this dude comes out and puts up 14 first quarter points and Tennessee's got a lead on Georgia. Um, so for the first time under Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee's can like, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel there. Um, but he comes out, he struggles in that second half. 
uh, comes out against Mississippi State, moves the ball really well, and throws two red, red zone interceptions. Uh, gets flipped on his head, so takes a concussion. Comes out the next week, takes another concussion. So back-to-back concussions have kind of derailed his progress. Mm-hmm. In that time, Jerry Garantano grew up. Um, it's kind of weird to say that about a junior quarterback, but uh, he stopped turning the ball over. Uh, he came out against Kentucky and delivered two uh, touchdowns. Tennessee absolutely had to have to beat the Wildcats. Uh, he's playing a, a, a whole lot better football right now uh, than he was to start. He's playing with, with confidence. You know, and, and it's his fourth offensive coordinator in four years. Oh, jeez. So that means something, uh, you know, settling into an offense mm. that isn't going anywhere. Uh, got a chance to come back next year. I don't know if he will. Uh, he, he might pursue other opportunities. But uh, I, enough can't be said about the job that Jerry Garantano has done. Uh, you know, he, he just as easily could have thrown in the town and entered the transfer mm. portal, which is what most people do these days. Mm. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm really proud of Jarrett. Uh, he's taken a lot of crap this year, uh, but he's come out. And in my opinion, I think you've got to start him on Saturday. Wow. So if, if he starts, is there, is there a chance of kind of back and forth? I know Jeremy Pruitt's being a little coy about his quarterback starting situation. Uh, who said, are you starting a quarterback this week? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> is there is there a, a hook? You know, are they going to put Maurer in for a couple of uh, a couple of drives? Is it just going to like play it out as it goes along? What what's been the history of the quarterback management so far this year? So they've done this weird thing lately where they've started Maurer and put Garantano into the game, no matter how Maurer's played. Huh. Uh, Maurer would go through four touchdowns. Garantano would get the next series. <laughs> Uh, it, it's been kind of strange, but it's been, I, I mean, you can't argue with it on four out of five games. Yeah. Uh, so in Kentucky, Maurer started here and came in at halftime and finished it. Um, I just seem to think that it's going to be Garantano's show and maybe we'll see Maurer if they need a spark, but maybe the quarterback carousel stops turning this week. Um, because I, I think Tennessee has a, a clear cut option, at least right now, uh, of who their best guy is. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. Now, again, as as Missouri fans, you know, I'm, I'm sure our, our fan base doesn't follow you guys very closely. It, it always seems like Tennessee recruits well, and obviously, you've had some some busts here and there. But it always always feels like you know Tennessee's got a got a roster full of high school stars. But obviously, you know, there's always going to be play, players who fly under the radar. Uh, you might not have heard of so. For our Missouri listenership, what kind of players uh, under the radar players? Uh, should they be looking out for this Saturday? Well, I've, I'll start with Josh Palmer. I've mentioned Callaway and, and Jennings. Y'all have probably heard about them. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's got another big play receiver, um, Josh Palmer, another big-bodied guy that can run and, and really catch a, a, a 50-50 ball. So uh, that's a big strength of Tennessee. Uh, those I'd put those three guys up against just about any, any receiving core not named Alabama. Uh, right now they're really really good and I, I hate that they haven't had a better quarterback um, during their Tennessee career and been in a better offense so mm-hmm. uh, Josh Palmer that's a name to watch on, on Saturday and definitely next year it's probably going to be Tennessee's uh, wide receiver one going into 2020 um, and then another name to watch that you probably don't know is Eric Gray um, he's a four-star top 100 back um, played a, a lot in the first two weeks uh, I think he, he's he's electric He's a human joy, joystick back there, but um, has has fallen behind Ty Chandler and, and Tim Jordan. But um, they can bring him in at any point. 
and, and kind of use him in the passing game, get him in on a screen, get him a swing pass and work against those linebackers. So uh, those are two names you probably don't know. Look for Eric Gray to make a couple of big plays on Sunday night, Saturday night, excuse me. Yeah. Well, he's he's 202 yards on the ground and uh, through the air too, 73 yards on the air. Okay, that's nice. I, I What blows me away, I know you've talked about Jennings, Palmer, and Callaway now. You see, obviously, your your three best receivers should be starting. They're on the field. And, okay, yeah, these guys are the three best. They also have 158 targets between the three of them. And everyone else who's caught a pass has 40, 53, 60, less than 100. So these guys are more than double the targets. Is it is it like, as no matter the quarterback, it's like they're looking for those three or just that's it. And, and that's great when they're open. But, um, I mean, has there been a secondary that's been able to shut down uh, your passing game this year? Um, I, I, it's it's really hard to say because Tennessee's passing game struggled in the, in the opening yeah, month. Sure, so yeah, you can sure. say you can say yeah, Florida had a good game against them. Uh, heck, BYU had a good game against them. Georgia State had a good game against them. But uh, I think that was more quarterback uh, related. And, and again, like I said, I, I really wish John Jennings played in a, in a better offense at, at Tennessee. I, mm-hmm. I really think he'd be a a legend, you know, he kind of is a legend in his own right for what he did to Georgia in that 2016 Hail Mary game. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I really think that guy uh, could put up some huge numbers. Marquez Callaway too. Um, I, I think they're both going to be really, really good pros. And you know, I, Tennessee doesn't have much behind them. Uh, it, it's no secret they're looking for for receivers right now on the recruiting trail. Uh, haven't had a ton of luck so far. Um, they're going to graduate three three of those receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see how they replace them next year. Uh, a lot of inexperience there and, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and, and Jim Chaney, they're just not playing any, any receivers not named Callaway Jennings or, or Palmer right mm-hmm. now. So uh, I, I think the next best option in, in the passing game is Dominic Wood Anderson, the tight end, but even him, he, he's not very involved in this passing attack. So they're definitely reliant on those top three guys. Yeah. Yeah, I was I, so I do roster breakdowns for for Rock M, and I got to the tight end portion. I was like, all right, let's see what this Wood Anderson uh, twenty six targets, fourteen catches, under two hundred yards. I was like, okay, so yep. no tight end action. I get it. Um, okay, so looking at uh, the team from an outside perspective, I can give you a decent idea of how Tennessee wins, but no one wants to hear that from me. I want to hear it from you. If Tennessee are, is to keep their hot streak going beat Missouri on senior night, what does a Tennessee win look like? I think it looks like having some success through the air. Um, I really don't trust this Tennessee rushing attack at all. Uh, it's interesting that about the best night they've had has come against Alabama, <laughs> um, which is not something you typically say. No. But, you know, it's a different Alabama team down there yeah. uh, this year. And I just don't think they get it a consistent push uh, to, to really lean on that run game. So um, as weird as it sounds, and you know, it, it, it'd be weird to say this two months ago, but Tennessee's going to have to lean on Terry Garantano. They're going to have to lean on those uh, receivers. I, I think that's the one advantage they've got against just about anyone in the country. They got to play a really clean game and they have over the last two months. Uh, not a lot of turnovers. They haven't shot themselves in the foot. You know, they played really solid on special teams. Uh, you know, just limiting those mistakes, it, you know, it sounds simple, uh, but that's what Tennessee's been doing. It's what they didn't do last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think if they keep that going, 
I think the defense is playing pretty well. You know, we talk about Missouri's defense, and they're great. Tennessee has entered that top 50. They've entered the top 40 yeah. after that uh, that Kentucky game. Uh, I think they're 37th overall right now. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley have done a really good job scheming up pressure. You know, they're going to blitz a lot because they don't have that uh, dominant pass rush. They've got Daryl Taylor, who's pretty good, but um, they don't have that other guy on, on the other side. So uh, I, I think you'll see lots of blitzing. Uh, Tennessee front is, is playing really, really well uh, right now. So I, I was I was shocked. I don't know about you, but I was shocked to see the total sitting at 45. Oh, yeah. you know, I, I texted my buddies. And I was like, hammer that under, No man. kidding. I think oh. this is going to be like a 13-16 like a type game. That defense, I know we haven't we haven't talked about it a lot, but again, just based off of what I've seen, just kind of looking at advanced stuff, it's really reminiscent of well, I mean, I guess Alabama's defense, which is kind of where Jamie Pruitt came from. Like you all blitz a lot. It doesn't seem to hit home all that often, but you give up the short stuff, but there's no big stuff. Like limiting the big explosive plays, you just it doesn't happen on Tennessee, like this giant amoebic cloud that just kind of swallows you up. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like anything super impressive. It's not like you guys are super fast or anything, but you're just there. Is that something that was, you know, Bush Jones just couldn't bring it out? Or is it a scheme that Jeremy Pruitt's been able to cook up to just take advantage of maybe uh, an outgun defense? Man, I, I think it's Pruitt. I, I go back to the to the Auburn game last year and Tennessee pulled the upset on Auburn. Um, and, and we can talk about this too. Tennessee off a of bye week. I think Jeremy Pruitt off a of bye week is, is pretty good. Uh-oh. Uh, they, they pulled the upset against Auburn on the plains, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Pruitt was calling the defense for that game. And just, you know, you could see him on the sideline reacting to the stuff Gus was calling and, and, and really showing his defense the way, uh, there was a play where he, he yelled down, down the side of sidelines and, uh, uh, actually forced an interception, a turnover, and it got a Tennessee touchdown out of the deal. It was really cool to see. Nice. So I, I think he's doing an outstanding coaching job with this defense. I don't think they're spectacular in one area. They're a lot more talented than they were uh, when he arrived. Henry Toto, freshman linebacker, mm-hmm. is a huge difference maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Batuli is awesome, senior leader at linebacker. Uh, and I've already mentioned Daryl Taylor. Bryce Thompson uh, is a, a really standout corner. I think he's a future first-round pick. Um, Tennessee really missed him in the first month of the season. You know, you start to look at why Tennessee lost to Georgia State, BYU. They didn't have Bryce Thompson. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Daniel Batuli. Uh, You know, it's not really an excuse to lose Georgia State, but you kind of start to understand why Georgia State did what they did to that Tennessee defense. So they've really, really come a long way. Um, and, and, you know, if Jeremy Pruitt wins out, I think you've got to consider – Jeremy Pruitt as a potential ICC coach of the year candidate. I mean, I'm serious oh. with the job that he's done. Uh, if he ends at seven and five after how this thing started, I mean, that would be just an awesome accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, certainly I think from a working and getting things done standpoint, I'd agree with you on that. It's I kind of feel like it's going to go to Ed O just because sure, LSU, sure. you know, will probably win the SEC and everything. But yeah, I mean, Pruitt's done a hell of a job. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, so, okay, so clearly Tennessee is a, is, a, is a different team now than they were uh, back in the beginning when, when they were losing to Georgia State. So what does Missouri have to do against this version of Tennessee? What do they have to do to win? I, I think they run the football consistently. 
uh, which is something that Tennessee hasn't allowed uh, in, in recent weeks. Um, you know, you look at Kentucky, and, and they're so one-dimensional. Um, it, it's, it's tough to get a, a really good read. But Tennessee <laughs> just shut Kentucky down. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the second half, they, they had nothing going with Lynn Bowden. Uh, you know, coming up the middle every play. So I, I think Missouri needs to find a way to run the football. They've been just so inconsistent offensively. Maybe Kelly Bryant can find some sort of rhythm uh, coming coming off that injury. But uh, to me, it, it's running the football, controlling the clock, and playing the field position game. You know, that's another thing yeah. Tennessee's done really well. Played that field position game. They haven't put themselves in in bad spots. You know, I, I mentioned the turnovers. Uh, Missouri's going to have to to get to Jared Garantano get him rattled. You know, it, it, it's a proven fact. You can get this guy rattled. Uh, he can come unglued and, and start throwing some interceptions. So if there's one area that's got me concerned, uh, it, it's it, if one thing goes downhill for Jared Garantano, it might snowball. And obviously that Missouri defense is good enough to take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, our ends aren't going to get to you, but our tackles probably will. So it'll be interesting to see how you all react to that pressure. Um, man, I just – you talked about the 45. Is that really what it's what it's at right now? 45, 45 and a half. Okay. That's of this Dang. afternoon. Yeah. Under, 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 under. Um, I, pick. I, I mean, y'all go hammer, hammer it. I, I'm like, first to 10 <laughs> wins, honestly. I, I mean, to, to me, if Missouri does not score a touchdown on defense, you all are going to win. That That is my prediction. Um, now, obviously, okay. you're, one of yours is hitting the under. Is there another prediction you have for this game? It could be a stat line, uh, a, a victory for Tennessee. But do you have another prediction of how this game is going to turn out? I, I, I really just believe in what this Tennessee team is doing. I, I think they've they've bonded. They've, they've just come together and really turned a corner. Um, and you saw it in a loss against Georgia. Uh, like it, it was weird to say that they turned a corner and a blowout loss, but uh, you really saw the light come on, and, and they started believing. You know, they go down to Tuscaloosa, um, and you know they were in that game in the yeah, fourth quarter. Just a heartbreaker, man. Uh, I felt for you and, guys. Yeah, and, and you know, a couple, a couple bogus penalties. Um, you know, the, the roughing, roughing the passer call. Tennessee gets a stop, and they have a chance to go tie the game. They get a roughing the passer call um, because Daryl Taylor pushed up off of Mac Jones to get up. Um, still not over that one, but uh, <laughs> Garantano comes out and, and fumbles on the uh, quarterback sneak. Now Alabama takes it for six, and the game looks worse than it is. But, yeah. um, you know, it, the team is believing in Jeremy Pruitt. I think Jeremy Pruitt is believing in the team. Uh, since that moment, they've ripped off four wins in a row. I, I just think they're playing really good ball right now. I think that the momentum is on their side. I think this is a really ugly game, as we've mentioned. But just recently, Tennessee has found a way. And, uh, you know, I don't have much more analysts to, to, to say than that, but I, I just think Tennessee finds a way to win like a 16-13 type ball game. Yeah, that sounds about right. Missouri can't do anything except play ugly games, so uh, this will be a uh, probably a nail-biter. Um, well, Terry, thank you very much for, for taking us inside the volunteer football team. We appreciate your insights, sir. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so that's it. Tennessee this week. Uh, we'll see if any streak is snapped. Uh, but uh, tune in Saturday. Let's see what the Tigers do. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate the download and the subscription. Uh, I am Nate Edwards. You can follow me at Nate G. Edwards. Uh, episode record on Wednesday. Drop on Thursday. Uh, 
We'll be back next week, and I'll try to be better next week. But until then, I'm Izzy.